Previously on the Black and Blue Report. Notably, of course, is John Bumgartner, the uh, head equipment manager for the New Orleans Saints and his crew. It's a really big challenge. I mean, you got to be prepared for anything, any weather condition, whatever the team wants to do, you know, practice-wise. It's a really big challenge. Anthony Davis held a conference call and uh, finally shared extensive thoughts about his uh, his new contract. Uh, I like the team. I like the direction that we're heading in. I like the guys playing by my side. So um, I felt very comfortable here. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. All right, ready to tackle this Wednesday here on the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings once again from West Virginia and the Greenbrier, where the Saints uh, reported yesterday. And today we'll go through physicals and conditioning tests, and then later on, Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton will have their opening press conferences here for 20 camp, uh, training camp 2015. Practice begins tomorrow. And uh, once again, we're here with me on this particular outing of the Black and Blue Report is our own John DeShazer. All right, John, we're getting close now, aren't we, finally? Yeah, there's uh, still a mouthful of stuff to talk about, but yeah, let's get on to the, uh, to the actual getting on the field. I think we'll have a couple of days out of pads and then get into pads uh, on the th- third day of practice I believe so everybody's always looking forward to that the first day in pads but yeah let's get on to some football instead of all the talking yeah we've been doing a lot of talking we'll do some more talk today though Mike Triplett from ESPN.com is going to stop by talk Saints football and the NFL in general with us we'll also talk some basketball with uh, Pelican small forward Quincy Pondexter who will join us uh, from I think New Orleans uh, today on the black and blue report looking forward to that Eric Gordon is going to be with us later on in the week uh, from the Pelicans by the way um, how about the Tom Brady news yesterday? What did you think of that, J.D.? Well, it's, it was about what I expected from the standpoint of uh, holding the line on the actual uh, suspension. Now, actually getting past that, when, he, you know, when the accusation comes up that he destroyed the cell phone, that becomes interesting because uh, that certainly was a bombshell that you weren't expecting. Now, of course, this morning he you know, explained that away. You know, hey, it was broken. I was going to get a new one, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I've been through that one when, you know, you don't want something on your phone to be seen and you say, hey, it broke. So <laughs> I know where he's <laughs> but But, yeah, it, uh, it really has gotten interesting because I think, uh, I think the league, I mean, I don't know, obviously, but I think the league would have backed off some had they come with a proposal that was reasonable. I think Tom Brady was looking, you know, not just all or nothing, but I think he was looking to escape any claim or any blame for it. And he just wanted to be able to say, hey, I had nothing to do with this and it just happened and blah, blah, and maybe take a one-game suspension. And I don't think the league was going to go for him not accepting any personal responsibility. Had he fallen on his sword a long time ago, we wouldn't even be talking about this. We'd just be talking about when he rejoins the Patriots in week two or week three or whatever it was going to be. But now this thing is going to go all the way to the mat, man. I believe it's going to the to, – you know, they're going to the mats, mattresses and – and uh, we'll see what happens. Looks like the league has really, really dug in on this. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. So when you, what you're saying is when the Patriots come here to the Greenbrier to practice alongside the Saints coming up uh, during this training camp, um, it may not be a dead issue at that point, right? Oh, I don't think this thing is going to be dead anytime soon. Now, you know, if you'd hope, you know, that, that it would be able to be settled before the regular season begins. But, I mean, we have to remember this is going to, to, to court and judges have to clear dockets. I mean, they have other business on their on their schedule. So, you know, this is going to be, you know, how high a priority is this for, for a federal judge who has other priorities? We have to go through that. And then with Tom Brady, not only is it maybe he'll miss the first four games. Okay, he appeals, he gets an injunction, he's holding out. 
So what if he gets suspended for games 13 through 16 or games 9 through 12 or whatever it is, you know, in the middle of the season? Does that adversely affect the Patriots much more than it would at the beginning of the season? I believe it would because now you've gotten into a rhythm and all of a sudden he's yanked away. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But it'll be interesting to see if they can speed this, expedite it through the court system because we know things kind of wind their way slowly through the court system. Yeah, this is uh... – this is the this is the NFL we know now. Not only do we have all the football news, but we have all the dramatics that go along with it. And I guess it's what captures the imagination across the country so much with this league. I really thought, John, it, w- it would get reduced to two games. Um, the NFL would would get some some teeth in there, but also be grumbling a bit. Tom Brady would be happier that it was less than four, but he'd be grumbling a little bit, and we'd call it a day and move on. But that that, that certainly, I guess, um, brinksmanship. Uh, well, you know, prevails that's, here. That's yeah. always the best settlement yeah. when neither side is happy. Yeah. That's usually the best settlement <laughs> because everybody has pretty much kind of kind of sort of gotten justice. You know you got to balance when nobody's happy. But um, one team is going to walk out of this one, I think, with both hands held high and uh, walking out with a V sign for victory, and the other one's going to be really, really ticked off, and we, we got to wait and see who, who, which, which is going to be which. Yeah, well, let's turn our attention to the Saints. I mentioned the schedule for the day a bit earlier. We had some news yesterday. Broderick Brunkley, what would you think of that uh, situation? And there have been now some roster moves in the last 24 to 48 hours as we, we get into camp here. I think there's one roster spot still open uh, that may be filled later today. It may not. It's, it's hard to say. But now what have you made of this activity here in the last day or two? Well, we knew Bunk was struggling a little bit to come back from from injury. So, you know, we just didn't know it was that severe. Uh, He was a guy who was probably going to be accounted on to play some. And now, all of a sudden, this thing goes, you know, we brought in Kevin Williams, you know, late into OTAs and and minicamp. He looked pretty impressive. But, again, that, you know, that's a veteran guy who hadn't worked out a whole lot, but he knows how to get himself together. Now you're depending on John Jenkins to play some. Now you're depending on your draft picks and your young guys to play some because those are critical positions. How much does maybe Akeem Hicks slide over and play some in there also who had a disappointing season last year, Akeem Hicks? So, but, yeah, Bunkley was a guy who, you know, you didn't see it statistically, but when he was healthy, he was a guy who knew how to gum up the middle of that line, how to occupy blockers, how to allow those linebackers to flow. Now you've got to get that production out of somebody else. We know John Jenkins can do it because he has done it but he didn't do it last year. We know Kevin Williams can do it because he has done it. How much does he have left in the tank at the age of 34? So, you know, that's going to be maybe a critical decision by the Saints. And now you always reserve the fact that maybe Bunk can come back later in the season. I mean, because right now he just failed a physical. Mm-hmm. If he's together in, you know, five, six weeks, maybe he rejoins the team, comes back and does the thing that he's done for the last couple of seasons. But, yeah, that was a little of a, a piece of news for us. And also, you know, guys being on the physically unable to perform list, you're talking about Marcus Colson and Jarris Bird. We know they want to back off Colson, don't give him a whole lot of work. But Jarris Bird went through all the OTAs and all the minicamp stuff. So to see him not, you know, working and, you know, not eligible to work with the team, you know, yeah, they can come off the PUP list any day and, and, and full practice. But just to have him on there a little bit kind of surprised. Yeah, I, I am too. And uh, especially after what happened last year with regard to camp, and everything else. So we'll keep an eye on those things. It's just another storyline that we've layered onto the pile here. Uh, we promised folks yesterday we'd talk about the rookies a little bit today, kind of our last piece before we get to the, the stuff that matters, what we'll see on the field. Um, there's no doubt uh, there's plenty to watch with this rookie class, especially the draft class, because it was so big. It was the busiest weekend in the Sean Payton era with regards to the NFL draft, and um, there was no doubt as to – uh, what they wanted to accomplish in the draft. How that translate now, I guess, begins this week. 
Yeah, had nine draft picks, and each one of those guys was, you know, kind of a, a need pick, so to speak. I mean, all of them filled a specific hole that the Saints were looking to fill. Uh, we don't know how much the number one Saints pick, Andrews Pete, number 13 overall in the first round, we don't know how much that tackle is going to play. He's behind Zach Streif at right tackle. Uh, we think Bryce Harris is behind Teron Armstead at left tackle. So he'll probably be playing in tackle-eligible situations or situations where the Saints go six offensive linemen. Okay, so he might not be able to start this year unless there's an injury. But we do expect Stephon Anthony, the second uh, first-round pick, number 31 overall, we expect him to play, you know, especially at inside linebacker with no Curtis Lofton. Now, is he going to be able to beat out Ramon Humber or Donnell Ellerby early? Maybe not, but certainly he's got the physical attributes, and he looked at the part during OTAs and minicamp. He looks like he's ready to play next to David Hawthorne. The second-round pick, Hal Kakaha, the linebacker from Washington, who led the nation in sacks last year with 19. All of a sudden, he's thrust into a, play, uh, a role where he might have to play because Junior Gallette's no longer a saint. Junior Gallette led the team with 22 sacks over the last two seasons. Now that rush in is gone. How much does Anthony Spencer have left at that position? We know Kakaha rushed in, in college. And one of those things that always seems to translate, if a guy can rush the passer, he can rush the passer. So if he did it in college and he got 19 sacks, and that wasn't against you know, the sisters of the poor, he got them against you know, the Pac-12. So this is a guy who can rush the passer. He's probably going to be on the field some. Uh, the fourth-round pick, quarterback Garrett Grayson, probably will have a red shirt year, so mm -hmm. to speak, because you know he's a quarterback, and Drew Brees is going to take the snaps. But the two DBs, Damian Swan and P.J. Williams, those guys have an opportunity to get on the field you know, and hopefully play some for the Saints. Now, is it going to be easy for them? Heck no, because the Saints have really stacked up at cornerback, and they've gotten some pretty impressive veteran guys. And they also have guys like Delvin Bro, who's come in, you know, a first-year player who's 20, 25 years old, but who is ready to play right now. Are those guys going to be able to beat those guys out? I don't know. But can the Saints sneak them to the practice squad? I don't know that either. So we're going to have to see how impressive they are in training camp because they just might play their way onto the field. So, you know, with the rookie class, you know, Marcus Murphy is a guy who I was pretty interested in seeing. I'd like to see he's on the young pup list also. But uh, the running back and returner uh, from Kansas State, I kind of wanted to see him just to see what, you know, what he looked Murphy. like. Yeah, Mar Mar Marcus Murphy. Yeah, from Missouri. Missouri, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I kind of wanted to see how he fared because he looked like a guy who might be able to contribute as a returner. Now, the Saints might be a little stacked at returner. You got C.J. Spiller, you got Brandon Cooks, but this is a kid who I think had seven returns for touchdowns in college. That translates. I mean, so, and he's fast as heck. So I kind of wanted to see him, and hopefully he'll get um, healthy early and get back on the field. But you know, the rookie class, most of these guys are going to have a difficult time cracking it and getting on the field. But we do know those three or four guys that we mentioned earlier probably have a pretty good chance of getting out there. You know, here's what I want your help with, and that is avoiding a trap that I'm, I'm not alone in from last year, and that is watching Brandon Cooks, the rookie last season in camp, dazzle us during training camp, and then it didn't necessarily translate into the regular season. I think we're going to see a big jump from Cooks this year. So let, let me just be on record by saying that. But – what I want your help with, especially with a guy like Kikaha or Anthony that may be called upon to do some things earlier than scheduled, um, I want to be able to watch them during training camp and not, I guess, I don't want to say get fooled. I think that has a negative connotation, but you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah I, I think a lot of it had to do last year with, you know, Brandon said his head was swimming a little bit. And so as fast as he is, 
it didn't translate to the field because he was thinking. So he, he said he will speed up this year. With Stephon Anthony, it might help that he's playing next to Hawthorne and maybe David Hawthorne, who's calling the signals on defense, can kind of place him in the places where he's supposed to be. And the defense is scaled back from last year. So that should help him a whole lot. Same thing with Kakaha. Kakaha might be a specialist, whereas you say, okay, go in, get the quarterback. You know, that's going to be your responsibility for the first five, six games. We'll bring you along slowly and kind of get you situated with the defense. But right now, the only thing we want you to do is get on the field and go get the quarterback and maybe cover the running back if he flares out. So, you know, if you strip down their responsibilities, I think that will help both of those guys. And that's what they've tried to do with this defense this year is kind of pull back on some of their responsibilities. That's John DeShazer. I'm Sean Kelly. We're at Saints Camp 2015, and we've got more to come, including a visit here shortly with Mike Triplett from ESPN.com. Quincy Pondexter checks in on the basketball side. And then John and I will wrap things up and preview the rest of Wednesday for you in just a moment. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. We continue here on Black and Blue Report um, from room 229 today. I guess I just gave away my location for the day, but I won't say which hotel. It's not the Ritz-Carlton, let's put it that way. Um, But kind enough to come over from his uh, luxurious digs is Mike Triplett from ESPN.com. He covers the Saints, obviously, for their website and for the network as well. Uh, good to see you again. It's been a little while since we all kind of gathered up for fun in the sun, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it's funny. Uh, uh, you were texting me, and some of the the last texts we had on there were from last year when we were all uh, uh, here in uh, in the Greenbrier together. It's uh, summer camp for us, too. Aren't you glad you're not covering the Patriots today? Wow. Drama. I mean, hey, yeah. the Saints have their share of drama, yep. but uh, the Patriots always seem to have them beat in that department. You know, they'll be here, as you know, in, in a couple of weeks to, uh, to share the facility and, and have a little practice together and all that. I would imagine this will still be a topic then, or will it have died down, you think, in your eyes, and it will be just, just football at that point? Well, yeah, I mean, it might not be as quite as much of a topic uh, nationally, but, you know, it'll, it'll be the questions that all of them 
our local media that are talking to them for the first time, and it'll be at that stage of the preseason a lot about getting Jimmy Garoppolo ready. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that, and then that'll be the next big thing with them, of course. Uh, the next big thing for the Saints today is, of course, the the training camp opening press conferences for Mickey Loomis and for Sean Payton. And then finally, I promise, we'll have football to watch and talk about and evaluate. But today, it really starts with that. Uh, and that will come right literally on the heels of their conditioning tests and the rest of the physicals to be performed uh, here today at the Greenbrier. Um, what do you expect out of those two press conferences? What are some things on your mind that you'd like to have discussed? Well, obviously they're going to have to talk about Junior Gillette uh, and the decision they made, even though we understand sort of the motives behind it. But it's really part of the greater overall picture as they start training camp, which is they made a lot of changes since last year, a lot. And uh, Broderick Bunkley now, even though Mm -hmm. that seems to be injury-related. But uh, so many people ask questions about training camp. Oh, was it too lax last year and things like that. And I never necessarily bought that the location mattered, mm-hmm. but certainly the mentality, and, and I'm curious, here they go, they're, they're getting off to this new season, and, and what are they going to change as far as a mentality standpoint, how do they change that culture of this team that they talked about was so important, and there's been so many 2006 references uh, that I've never heard before coming mm-hmm. out of this team, as in, we're building from scratch, a lot of the same players are still here, but they, they need to build this team from the ground up again. It does. It does. The location's the same. You know, I've been over to the facility. It's just like we never left. Um, but it, it does. It feels totally different this year. There, there is a striking contrast from the start of camp last year and the start of camp this year. Is it in your eyes, the personnel you spoke of? Is it the tone, a combination of the two? What sticks out the most? Well, tone, tone, I mean, personnel goes with the tone. A Brandon Browner, for example, was brought in here because he's a locker room leader, a strong voice, and a strong physical player. And, and they, you know, Max Unger, uh, they did that with a lot of players that they brought in here as well as uh, the draft hall that they have. But it's the tone. They were really humbled by last season. Their eyes were open. I think they didn't see it coming, but this team – this team sort of just slid back, uh, resting on its laurels a little bit last year, especially on that young defense. The expectations were so high. Uh, there's not going to be anybody resting on their laurels this year. Speaking of that defense, what's that Rob Ryan-Dennis Allen hybrid going to look like? Well, from everybody I've been able to talk to, you know, Rob, Sean Payton kept Rob Ryan um, because he likes his passion. He likes his work ethic. He likes his energy. He likes the way he gets to players. But Dennis Allen is sort of the teacher and the translator, uh, especially in that secondary. They had way too many communication errors and blown assignments and missed tackles last year. So I think the idea is this is the best combination they could come up with for not only putting these guys in the best position on the field but making sure they know what they're doing. And at the same time, it sounds like the playbook has really been scaled back. You know, Rob Ryan's known to have that big, vast playbook, shifting on the field, switching up who's going on the field based on packages. They want to cut down on that because it it didn't work out with this defense last year. And they want to find a way that these guys are playing at full speed without doing so much thinking. So I'm curious to see if this defense does look faster running downhill out there. Even with the unexpected junior Gallette move this past weekend and a few other little roster tweaks here in the last 24 to 48 hours, do you, do you feel, uh, from looking from the outside in, that the Saints accomplished what they set out to do this offseason? Is that process complete? Are they where they wanted to be at the start of training camp? Well, it's impossible to say yet at this point. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they didn't completely overhaul the defense in that 
I think Brandon Browner will make a big impact. Daniel Ellerby could. Anthony Spencer could. Kevin Williams could. But these are more complimentary players, I think. We don't know yet how big of an impact the rookies, Stefan Anthony, Haole Kakaha, will make. They'll help. Uh, the guys that have to do it for this team are the ones who were here last year. It's got to be Cam Jordan. It's got to be Akeem Hicks, Keenan Lewis, Jarris Bird, Kenny Vaccaro. That's a lot of talent uh, and, and a lot of guys who underachieved last year. So they have to figure out what's the best way to put those guys that they've invested all that money in the best position to win. Biggest storyline on the offensive side. Well, I might, I might say the important, most important unit is, is the offensive line because it really started to dissipate last year. But uh, it's not the sexiest storyline. Everybody's going to want to know who Drew Brees going to throw to. That's the biggest storyline. Jimmy Graham isn't here. Uh, our, uh, you, know, you know who we're going to be writing about. We're going to be writing about Brandon Cooks and C.J. Spiller because they're going to get the oohs and the ahs from the crowd. Uh, starting tomorrow in practice and starting in the first preseason game and starting in the first regular season game. And uh, I do agree with the one philosophy, which is this team is still going to have a good offense, um, even without Graham and Stills. Uh, it's the defense and the offensive line that's going to make or break them. Yeah, no doubt. Um, tell us how you'll watch practice, at least in the early going. I don't want to get too far ahead of the, yeah. the, the deal here, but take me through the first three or four days. Well, a lot of it is who's lining up where mm -hmm. in those first few days, uh, especially in the new positions that are up for grabs. Uh, is it the third day when they put on pads? Uh, that's what we're that's, thinking, yeah. That's, when that's, we've, that's, that's a big one because that's when we start to look at these offensive linemen. That's when we start to look at these linebackers. And uh, uh, that's when it, you know, you can't evaluate those guys. In, in OTAs and minicamp, we evaluate receivers and D-backs, you know, and that's it. Um, and I love the one-on-one -on -one, uh, pass rush drills yep, yep. where these guys, because it means a lot to them, and they're really giving it their all. And you can, you know, you can see Akeem Hicks going against Jari Evans. I love those battles. Uh, Stephon Anthony is a guy I'm going to really keep my eyes on. Uh, the young receivers, uh, everybody likes to see the young, what's new, what's different uh, in these early days. And so obviously I'll have a focus on that. Mike Tripler with us here. You obviously write for a national outlet. So put the Saints 2015 here uh, in perspective with regard to the national scene. It, it, it seems different than it was a year ago at this time. No question. No question. Last year there were a lot of Super Bowl predictions for this team. Now there's a lot of skepticism. Um, the Drew Brees question is interesting. I just wrote about that today at length about how so many people are having trouble rating Drew Brees right now. He was, he was number one. I did my top 20 rankings. He was number one on my rankings for the Saints. That's easy. Everybody would do the same thing. But where does he, where does he fit nationally now? And he's slipping on some of these off-season lists of elite quarterbacks because last year was so hard to judge. He, he still put up big numbers, but he put up a lot of turnovers, some in crucial moments. I think a big part of that was the defense and the offensive line around him. But – you know, did they solve that enough to put him in a better position? Now he doesn't have all his top weapons. He's, he's a huge focus. Everybody's really curious where Drew Brees is in his career path and where the Saints are. They're right next to the Philadelphia Eagles for the team that, that did the most shaking up this offseason. And I think there's a lot of skepticism around the nation. Are they in salary cap mess and it's all falling apart now? Uh, or, you know, can they rebrand themselves and still be contenders? Interesting stuff there. And, and speaking of Breeze, um, fans may forget that he spent quite a bit of camp last year dinged up. Yeah. And I'm curious, did you, did you think that that had an effect on the regular season? Um, and, and with that being said, is, do you think there will be some concerted effort to, to throttle back with Drew a little bit or conserve him during this training camp? It's hard to say because one thing I remember about last year was I didn't pick them to go to the Super Bowl. I was a little more um, uh, cautious. I think I picked like 11-5 and five or something like that. But uh, 
I remember three quarters into that first game against Atlanta when Drew was just lighting it up, thinking, "Oh boy, <laughs> I screwed up." This That's team, true. I this about team, that. this team is better than I thought. This is 2011 all over again. I should have picked him to go to the Super Bowl. Um, so Drew Brees didn't start slow. Uh, had a little trouble in the Cleveland game, but uh, like I said, it was it was turnovers, turnovers, turnovers for him. I'm not sure that it was a physical physical issues we saw with him. I don't I don't think it was arm strength. I don't think it was the deep ball. Yeah. I don't think he was having trouble turning around. Maybe he. I think he admitted that maybe some of the the, the chemistry that you develop during uh, preseason he missed some of that going into the season. But uh, I don't necessarily think it was physical. But yeah, keeping him healthy, whatever it takes to keep him healthy, and asking him to scale back as much as possible. Priority number one, a two exclamation point. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, here's to your health during camp as well, my friend. Thank you. Uh, Mike Triplett, of course, is at ESPN.com. You will also see him uh, at the various points during SportsCenter and whatnot, uh, covering the Saints on this beat. I love the way that ESPN has done that now, having a, a, a guy or a girl, uh, however the case may be, covering each of these camps. That's how big this has become, yeah. that uh, even on the national level, you still need that local angle, don't you? Yeah, I, appreciate, I think people do appreciate that because, really, I mean, I covered this team for, for 10 years, for the right. times Picune, and and I really cover them with the same mentality, and, and all 32 of us do the same thing. And uh, I think fans appreciate that, that uh, they're covering this team on a local level. And it's just peeking in and, uh, and uh, getting a sniff. You know, they're, we're implanted, embedded. Yeah, that's the way it used to be, uh, the, kind of the peak ends, and this is more thorough, to say the least. I don't have it on the tip of my tongue, your Twitter handle again, because I want people just to follow name, you. Yeah, at Mike Triplett. Perfect, perfect. All the best to you. Thank you. Same to you. Yes. Uh, sunblock, by the way, are we going to do that this year? It's not as cool it as it was cool, last so year. It tricks you. This is true. Um, I know everybody's mad at us back in New Orleans where the heat index leaks 140, but that's okay. Uh, we'll take a quick break. Quincy Pondexter from the Pelicans right after this. It's a fact. The summer heat is here, and that can mean big electricity bills. So let's get moving. Raise your thermostat a few degrees and let your fans do the rest. Caulk around windows to keep the cool air in, and on the sunny side of the house, close those blinds. Simple things can cut your electricity bills way, way down. So don't wait. Find more ideas to lower your bill at EnergySavings.com. That's the power of people. Energy. At Smoothie King, we're so much more than just fruit and a blender. Because each and every Smoothie King smoothie is blended for a purpose. Whether you want to make it one more mile or simply make it through the day, we have a smoothie just for that. Bring us your purpose and we'll blend it. Looking to purify your diet? Hurry in now and try our new Nutty Super Grain Vegan Smoothie. Made with almond milk, Sun Warrior Protein, Super Grains, and a peanut taste you'll go nutty for. Only at Smoothie King, proud supporter of the New Orleans Pelicans. Smoothies with a purpose. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and host your birthday party, corporate event, or a holiday party in a Pelicans luxury suite. No matter who you're entertaining, let the Pelicans take the hassle out of finding a venue and planning world-class entertainment. Luxury suites are available now for the games throughout the Pelican season, giving you great seats to see the biggest stars in the NBA. For more information and to book your luxury suite night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. This is Quincy Pondexter, and you listen to the Black and Blue Report. Well, Pelican small forward Quincy Pondexter was out and about in the community on Tuesday. Uh, he loves doing that, and he's been kind enough to join us here on the Black and Blue Report. Q, what were you up to on Tuesday? Uh, you know, just showing um, some little kids the importance of preserving our wildlife, uh, wetlands wildlife. And, um, you know, I had some fun activities with them. Um, all the kids get to pet an alligator. I was terrified, and 
um, it's pretty cool. I haven't talked to you since the playoffs. How's your summer been? Summer's been good. Uh, you know, I've been taking care of my body and trying to get in line and um, doing the little things it takes to hopefully have a great season next year. I know the season can really tear up a body. How do you feel? How's your health been like? <laughs> the season could definitely tear up a body. You know, especially when you're like me, you're really stubborn and don't want to sit out a single game. Um, you know, it, it really took a took its toll on my body. Um, I had a few off season surgeries. And, um, I'll be fine. Um, hopefully, early in the part in the year, I'll be back at 100 percent and playing well. Quincy, you really settled in with this team after joining them midway through. Uh, in hindsight, looking back, what what did you like about the way you played this season for New Orleans, and and maybe what didn't go so well? You know, it, it comes a time in a lot of players' careers where, um, you know, they they just find their their right team and their the right group, and um, you know, I, I had great opportunity to to come into a place where. Um, you know, I wasn't the little brother anymore, um, and I had an opportunity to, to kind of be um, one of the leaders, one of the voices um, of the team, and and go and show them winning basketball and do the right things. And you know, it meant a lot to me to get that opportunity because um, those years in Memphis, I was just the the little brother. You know, to to, to really great players, and um, you know, they taught me a lot. And, um, I'm bringing those winning ways and my talent to, to New Orleans. I've known you for a long time, ever since you first got into this league, uh, Q, and I know that every offseason you've worked on a little something different. What what's what do you got working this summer as far as improving your game goes? Uh, you know, I just wanted to get healthy this summer. Uh, I think once once I do that, I think it's, it's going to open the gates to a lot more things with, with my game. You know, I was, there was things I wanted to do last year, but health-wise I really couldn't, couldn't do it, couldn't explode, couldn't do certain things, but... Um, getting healthy and continuing to shoot the, the ball really well from outside. Um, you know, just working on my handle and being more of a playmaker and um, this type of up-tempo offense that you need another ball handle. You need someone else. Um, well, every guy has to be able to put the ball in the deck and make plays for um, himself and other people. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned this new offense. Um, let me get your thoughts on, on the new system and what did you think of the changeover as, as Monty Williams was – uh, let go, and then Alvin Gentry was hired as the head coach. You know, it's tough to see Monty let go, you know, because Monty has meant so much to me and um, my success. You know, he, he really set the foundation since I got in the league. And, um, to see him go is tough, but, you know, sometimes, um, you know, it's it's out of our hands, it's in management hands. And, uh, to get, get another voice is huge. You know, we have another voice in the locker room um, leading the crew um, to, to teach us different things, you know, and, you know, play a whole different style of basketball, move the ball, play up-tempo, have a lot of fun with it. And those little things are going to hopefully translate to winning. You know, a lot's been said or written, Q, about the chemistry of this team and the continuity of basically most all, all the guys being back. Um, I'm curious as to what your opinion is about that. Oh, it's huge, man. You, you get everyone back. You know, it, it wasn't a bad year last year. It was it was an amazing year, and it was our our duty to bring everyone back. You know, you bring the whole group back because we're still building. You know, Golden State. Um, you know, they won a championship this year, but their success started somewhere, and they kept the group of guys together. You know, Oklahoma City. You know, they went to the finals uh, some years ago, but you know they started somewhere where they were they were just getting in the playoffs. They were struggling, and they were 
just like us. And so we see that as the same opportunity, same window. And we're, we're using our stepping stone from this last season, making the playoffs to, to hopefully take it to the next level. You got one new face, and that's Kendrick Perkins. What do you think he'll be like as a teammate? Uh, that's a that's a good face to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's a he's a great guy. You know, he's a um, he's a winner. You know, you can't beat a winner. You know, and he he's in the later years of his career. But you know, I'm looking forward to playing with him because I know I'm going to be able to learn so much. Our team's going to be able to learn so much. Um, he's He's a winner. I mean, you know, it's something that you need in, in good locker rooms and good teams' locker rooms. And, um, I know what he's done in the past is, is really going to help us out a lot going forward. Yeah, go a little deeper on that, Quincy, because I think that I think the fans are smart enough to know that, that Kendrick's production on the floor isn't what it used to be. But, you know, you're talking about him being a winner and what he can be for you in the locker room. I'm not so sure that folks who aren't around that locker room every day um, – have any idea what what that contribution is or how that manifests itself? How does it work? You know what you have to, in this league. You have talent, and then you have you have guys that know how to win. Um, and so, when you know how to win, it, it changes a lot. You don't have to have necessarily the best talent in the world, but if you have you know how to win NBA games, um, it helps a lot. It goes a lot further than a kid with a lot of talent. Sometimes, you know, I, I've been jealous of those kids with with so much talent and they're on bad teams and they're getting the points. They're doing all the, the things that I wanted to do personally, but the game is bigger than that. It's about winning. And, um, you know, when you have someone like Kendrick Perkins uh, or even that Norris Cole who's won championships, you know, I, myself has won a lot of games, been in the playoffs every year. You know, those things translate on the court um, beyond just talent. And they, and they – they help you win games, you know, and that's all I care about. When I got in this league, um, I told people I just wanted to win championships and go for as far as possible. And you know, I, I didn't lose sight of that. You know, there's some games that you might not score as much, but you're doing the things that it takes to win games, and that's all that matters in this league. We hit on a lot of things here about the Pelicans, um, but it has been an interesting summer across the league. Was there? Was there anything that happened in the NBA this summer that, that caught you by a surprise, Quincy, or made you scratch your head or, you know, just maybe just jumped out a little further than something else? Uh, I think the salaries kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, the salaries going up definitely opened my eyes, you know, and um, the league is changing. It's evolving. There's, there's teams of, of guys that are, are grouping together. You know, I think some teams got better in this offseason by making um, accusations, accusations acquisitions and you know this um you know you see clippers getting better you see houston trying to get better you see um some guys leaving teams you see antonio getting better you know and it's like man they're all coming to the same conference you know they're they're still in the western conference and then you know it's going to be tough every night in the western conference is going to be tough especially if you see a team like sacramento who gets gets rondo and, and you know they got cousins and rudy like that's a that's a pretty good team, you know, and so it's going to be a tough, tough day um, every night here in the league, and I'm looking forward to, to competing in it. Yeah, it didn't get any easier. You're right about that. Uh, Quincy, yeah. it's almost August. What's left for you on the calendar before we uh, see you come back around again? Uh, I'm, I'm in grind mode right now, you know, just um, my success right now for the next season, is, it starts in my training right now. Uh, I can't wait till season starts, so um, I'm really focused on 
you know, doing the little things and um, getting my body healthy and, and gearing up for this next season because uh, I think it's going to be the best one yet for, for this franchise. Yeah, I think I think you may be onto something there. Always great to visit with you. I can't wait to see you again. Uh, try and stay cool in this New Orleans seat, will you? Oh, too hot. Send <laughs> over a water gun and some ice. There you go. Good stuff. Quincy, thanks so much. All right, thanks. Last year, over 400,000 people from 90 countries and all 50 states came to Auctioner to find the critical care they needed. People who could have gone anywhere made Auctioner their destination for a level of expertise, clinical research, and treatment options they couldn't find anywhere else. Auctioner and our affiliated physicians are renowned for leading-edge cardiovascular care, cancer care, pediatric care, innovative treatment of neurological disorders, and more. Our outstanding transplant program has resulted in Auctioner leading the nation in successful liver transplants for years. And today, Auctioner is partnering with physicians and strong community hospitals throughout the Gulf South to bring access to the highest quality of care closer to home. Find the care you need today. Call 866-AUCTIONER for a same-day appointment. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. We're about to wrap things up here on this Wednesday. We've got a busy day ahead of us. Not quite as busy as it will be, say, tomorrow when practice truly begins. But uh, things start ramping up as the afternoon goes along. What have you got for us later today on NewOrleansSaints.com, J.D.? Well, the aforementioned uh, Delvin Bro wrote a feature on him. Interesting story with Delvin Bro. I think a lot of people are kind of familiar with the background and all those things. But check out NewOrleansSaints.com just to read up on him and see, you know, what he thinks about his chances are of making this team because he's been really impressive so far. But, again, you hate to put too much stock in the OTAs and minicamp. But certainly, you know, in the limited time we've seen him and under those conditions, usually the skill position guys are the ones you get the better read off of in those situations. And he's been pretty impressive. He's been running at third cornerback behind Keenan Lewis and Brandon Browner, so let's see if he can hold off the rest of that pack. All right, as we mentioned earlier, late afternoon, early evening for us here on the East Coast, but late afternoon press conferences for all of you back in uh, New Orleans uh, for Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton. What kind of pressers do you think we uh, will witness today? Well, it's going to be interesting. We know that uh, Mickey Loomis has not addressed the junior gullet situation, although Sean Payton has, but I'm certainly, you know, I'm sure they're going to have to, you know, readdress those to the local media because they did it on a national scale. Sean Payton did it on, on a national scale yesterday, so I'm sure the local media will want to know about that. And also, you know, there will be the, uh, the obvious questions about, you know, the offensive distribution without a Jimmy Graham and those kinds of things. So, but for the most part, you know, and a, and a Broderick Bunkley and the guys who are on the PUP list, so there are actually a lot of news items to kind of address for Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis that they will, uh, they, they'll get out of the way before they start talking real football about what's going to happen on the field, hopefully. All right. We will be on the practice field tomorrow. We're going to attempt something new, I think, tomorrow, J.D., and that is we'll do a little bit of black and blue report right there during practice from the practice fields with our new technology here, and we'll work our way through it. It's a podcast. We get to try whatever we want, right? Yeah, you know, it's our party, so, you know, if you don't like it, get out. <laughs> no, but we're going to try to give you some of the sounds of practice tomorrow uh, and begin that. We'll also talk some more basketball tomorrow with Eric Gordon, Pelicans guard. So I hope that you'll join us on NewOrleansSaints.com. Pelicans.com are, of course, maybe easiest of all is uh, on your mobile app for either the Saints or the Pelicans. Big thanks to Mike Triplett today from ESPN.com, Quincy Pondexter, too. 
and thanks to you. And for us, all of us here in West Virginia with the Saints, we bid you a good day on this Wednesday here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Thank you.